0: Voices that inspire the extended interview.
1: Hello, I'm Josh Johnson. I'm a local educator, and I'm also the president and CEO of the 621 Art Gallery located in Railroad Square.
0: So Josh, before we start recording, you, you were telling me that you are a sixth or seventh generation? Seventh generation. Seventh generation Tallahasseean. So tell me a bit about
1: that. So yes, I am a sixth generation uh, Tallahassee in Leon County, and and I come from a seven generation family here. Um, And for me, uh, that means a lot of things. It means that everything that I see is a memory to me. And sometimes that's good. uh, Sometimes that's bad. Sometimes that's conflicting. uh, But whatever it is, uh, it resonates because this place is home.
0: Do you think that that interest, like your roots here, these deep roots are what might drive some of your love of history to be teaching African-American history?
1: You know, actually not. Um, my, my, Affiliations with teaching are rather new in the scope of my career They're not new, but all the things that I've done teaching is actually a modern uh, Iteration of it and so I've only been teaching for five years My love for history has informed the education that allows me uh, to teach at the high school and the college level Uh, But like I was saying before we got on I almost uh, am not encumbered by the history Uh, that I live in because I don't realize it because I'm from here and this is all I know and this is what I love. And so um, I couldn't honestly say yes, but I do love this place.
0: What do you love about it?
1: I do a lot of traveling, uh, some for fun, some from work. And there's something about Tallahassee that I can't explain. Uh, I feel comfortable saying that because nobody can explain it. And the people that love it just like me, it's not the trees, it's not the canopy roads, that helps, right? Uh, It's not the southern feel with the commuter vibe, that helps. Uh, But there's something in the air that says we may not be as big as you, uh, but we're here. And we'll do whatever big things do. And we may not be as small as you, but we're here and we can do whatever small places do. Um, and so I don't know if it's an adaptability uh, that is in the fabric of the city that kind of bleeds into the residents of the city. But whatever it is, um, it's a je ne quoi that I can't define. And that's the mystery that I love.
0: It's so true. Everybody's like, I just, whether you grew up here or you came here people, there's something about Tallahassee that gets under your skin and, and, and it is hard to explain what it is exactly.
1: Absolutely. Now, you know, a lot of people say it's me. Everybody says I'm the reason that people stand.
0: (laughs) I think that that is (laughs) a good reason, Josh, (laughs) which on that line, I mean, you're, you grew up here Mm -hmm. and you, it's so often that, you know, our young people, they grow up and they want to leave and they maybe sometimes they make their way back how did you make that decision? When did, was there ever any doubt in your mind that you were going to stay here?
1: Uh, I went to college at FAMU, uh, both times, but undergrad, uh, when you're from a place, half of the school sees you as, uh, vacant because you're the person that didn't leave their hometown. And the other half sees you as cool because you're the person that knows where everything's at. Uh, in that duality, I kind of got some of my, uh, reflex to stay and my knee-jerk to leave, but it was actually uh, the first question that would describe that for me. Having such a rich history here, um, for me, home mm. is the most important word in the English language, and so to leave, well, while it may make me cooler, more excitable, it's almost a betrayal, um, and so I guess I've been guilted into staying, but not by anybody, by the place itself.
0: So, what do you think in your growing up here what instilled that love for you I mean did your family help sure. with that did are you do you have a close knit extended yes. family that sort of becomes this home base for you that really makes home home is that partly it, or was there other things that contributed?
1: Um, I would say that was, especially with this being so public, I better say the family was the biggest reason, (laughs) but they really were. I come from uh, Lake Jackson. All of my family uh, from Leon County is in the Lake Jackson area, Um, and so even though I'm not in Lake Jackson anymore, uh, that's where my roots are, and there's just so many stories of times so long gone that have informed my identity. I can see people That I've never met, that I will never meet in the stories that they tell, right? Whenever I get uh, some inclination to have a temper, I say, oh, I sound like uh, that uncle that they used to talk about. Or whenever I laugh and hold my stomach, I'll say, oh, I sound like that auntie they used to talk about. And so, yes, it has uh, been like a glass box. It's something that has kept me uh, from being touched from the outside, but I could always see it, right? Uh, And so that's what it's been. Yeah, so it's family. Absolutely. That was, I hope I'm not talking too much. No,
0: no. It's, I love I love what you're saying. It's great. So you're getting you're grown up. Mm-hmm. You're you're established in your career. You've, you're teaching. You've got the art gallery, and then you made a decision to enter politics. I did. What made you make that decision to enter politics?
1: Um, surprisingly enough, that's actually uh, my default. Mode. It's just that uh, since college and since early years of activism and since earlier runs, uh, my life has drifted in so many different areas with the marketing firm and with the teaching and with the adjuncting and with uh, 621 most popularly. And so actually, it was me returning to a default because of. Things that I saw that I wasn't pleased with or directions that I thought we could go. You know, everybody has the things that they think about on the way to work. I was just tired of thinking about them. And so I actually ushered myself back into default mode. It wasn't a new thing for me. It's what I have been doing. Uh, The teaching is newer. The adjuncting is newer. uh, The marketing is newer. The politics and the activism and the way we see each other socially and financially have always been the things that have guided me.
0: What did you learn?
1: Oh, um... I learned that I enjoyed things that I shouldn't enjoy, um, and I didn't enjoy things that I should have enjoyed, right? Um, all of the free food <laughs> was something that I didn't enjoy because after a while, you know, you see yourself in these candid pictures, and uh oh. <laughs> and some of the things that a lot of people say would have been the worst part of it, the knocking on the doors. I almost became addicted to it. You know, I would go out. They would say, you know, Josh, you need to start taking a buddy, right? Because even though nobody's probably going to hurt you, it would probably be safer if you were going out with volunteers. And there would be mornings where I would have to sneak out of my own campaign and go volu- I mean and go knock doors as Josh Johnson because I just loved it so much. Meeting people and uh, some people are bothered and you get to have those conversations too. Some people are very bothered. <laughs> you get to have those conversations. Uh, but it's an addiction that I also can't explain uh, so much so that my mother and my campaign manager conspired to keep me in the house when I wasn't logging hours and they could not keep me down. They could not keep me down.
0: <laughs> Can't keep a good man down. <laughs> well, you know, this is the thing when we put ourselves in new situations, we learn things about ourselves. Sure. And you probably learned that you really like talking to people.
1: I do. I do. And talking about things. Uh, I don't, proselytizing is not my thing. I don't like uh, trying to steer people in the ways that I think they should go. Uh, but I do enjoy exposing people to a way that they might not know of or that they may have not encountered in that way. Um, And so seeing their reflexes to it was a very healthy thing for me. And as a teacher, I think that helps, right? Because you have to teach objectively. And so I think that uh, the objective nature of my spiels, while they were highly passionate, obviously, uh, they weren't trying to convince. They were trying to, in some cases, warn maybe. Mm -hmm. So do you think
0: that this is something you'll try again? I mean, do, I do you feel like this was a great experience worthy of of yes. digging in another time?
1: One of the greatest years of my life, uh, hands down. And I do think, uh, one day there will come a day where I dig in again. Uh, I can feel it in my stomach. I can feel it in my chest in my arms and my legs. I really do. Uh, and it's not the position because I've been satiated by those feelings, by the work that I do on a daily basis. And so I'm getting them, uh, but if one day there comes a chance where i can do them and steer policy or do them and steer budget concerns absolutely absolutely
0: what are the things that what are the things about tallahassee that you that you are feeling that need to change sure to make this a better place
1: um, one of the things that I've learned since and some during the campaign was people thought that I was anti-development, right? Which isn't the case. I'm smart development is the vein that I run in. Um, and so I do think that development is necessary, but I think that a top-heavy approach to development um, is just something that can't sustain anywhere. Uh, and when you love a place as much as I do, you know, the, the, the rolling in of the tide feels like a wave, and so that's one of the things uh, that I think is going to be really deleterious if we keep in that trajectory. Um, and we have to prioritize the way that we invest public things. You know, uh, affordable housing is something that was on everybody's uh, platform and mailer cards, but was it something that was on everybody's heart? That we'll have to see. Uh, but I do know it was on my heart because. It, we're living in a strained time across the board for people, you know, and so it's hard for me, especially teaching at a Title I school where uh, the demographics that I deal with on a daily basis are exacerbated with uh, with concern to the things that we're talking about because they're already at the bottom financially or socially in some ways, and so it's just heartbreaking, uh, but I am glad uh, that I'm not heartbroken.
0: Great. Well, that's where your art comes in, <laughs> you know, because you have – you've surrounded your life with things that probably help yes. soothe – like art. We know what art does. It, it opens our heart. It opens our soul, our thinking. So being part of a gallery and that – connecting to that part of our community must really be a balm to some of the other things that you navigate.
1: I wish that would have been my answer. Your question was so beautiful, and it is the truth. you know I don't look at it that way because um the gallery you know <laughs> people know me in three different ways when they see me in publics, they say you're either the politician, the teacher, or the six to one guy uh, and I've gotten used to living in those three spaces uh and it just dawned on me that the six one guy version of myself is the reason uh that I'm able to always be so convivial and happy. And I guess it describes the way I look in a lot of ways, you know, with the gray streaks in my hair and the wild nature of it. Uh, it does really help me with everything else because it's a, it's a meditation in itself, in and of itself. You know, running that nonprofit, uh, even though you still have the books and the grants and the QuickBooks and the accounting, you still have that stuff to it. It's still a practice in art. Uh, because of what you're surrounded with every day and the types of people that you're surrounded with every day, um, it really is a, a charmed way to live.
0: <laughs> I, I I think it's perfect. Whether you it in, in, was intentional or you just fell upon it, it I think finding ways to do the hard work, but knowing that there's something that then inspires you and brings mm-hmm. joy to it's just that balance that we Absolutely. need in life. Absolutely. So, with all that you do, and the series is "Voices That Inspire," what does keep you inspired? What keeps you hopeful?
1: Um, what keeps oh, well, what keeps me hopeful uh, may be a different thing than what keeps me inspired. Uh, what keeps me inspired uh, is a responsibility. What keeps me hopeful is knowing that there's other responsible people out there. I'm not alone. Um, we're not alone, I should say. Uh, and so, yeah, my inspiration is a responsibility that sometimes weighs on me uh, from the kids that I see every day and the things that they go through and knowing that as much as you help, you'll never get it all done and reconciling that um, you get to a place where you say, well, if I am never going to be able to help all of them, the last thing I can do is be satisfied helping 15 of them. I've just got to keep going and keep going and keep going. And so I think my inspiration uh, and my grounding socially, is what I do every day uh, from seven to one. And then what I do from one to five, like you said, is uh, fun and lackadaisical. And then what I do from five to whatever else is something else. But it's the seven to one that inspires me or that keeps me inspired.
0: Yeah. Well, there's something about working with students that that open us up to things. You know, mm. you it's hard to – they have a way of, of breaking through our armor. Um,
1: I say uh, – I've developed this language around it. They're passports. Each one of them uh, will take you on a trip somewhere else, and some of the places are, are heart-wrenching, and some of the places are heart-filling, but they are. They really Those students are my little passports. Whenever I want to go on a trip, I talk to them, or I let them talk to me. It really is that.
0: That's amazing. I love that that analogy. That's great. Well, what else would you like people to know about you?
1: <laughs> um. Well, you said that uh, this is a a series called Voices That Inspire. Um, And so I guess what I would like to say, I don't know if I would like for people to know any more about me because in a lot of ways I'm a private man and then I don't even know how to answer that without sounding braggy anyways. Uh, But I think it should be incumbent, right, that if I'm a voice that inspires, I'll take your word for that. You know, if I've been a voice that inspires, who knows? It depends on who you ask. Uh, I just want to be a voice that continues to inspire. Um, and so I hope whatever way people see me out in the world, they see me, uh, in a way that is inspiring. Even if it's me laughing, walking down the grocery store aisle, knowing that, um, <laughs> I've just gotten in whatever trouble I'm going to get into next. I just want to inspire in whatever ways I live.
0: That's great. I really appreciate you, taking time to come in and talking with me today. I have watched your campaign. I, I, I didn't know you, but I started seeing you and following you. And and I was just so inspired by your energy and your, your authenticity. So thank you for coming in and, and talking with me today.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm Josh Johnson. And you know, they say those who can't do, teach. I just want to be known as the teacher who does.